Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of The Purple Hyacinth, and it is titled Kaput Kim. And it begins with The Purple Hyacinth, where The Purple Hyacinth is upside down. I actually just noticed that now. And it says episode 83, question mark. So this is going to be, we're going to be in for a ride for this one. It's so odd seeing the hyacinth, like not only flipped, but just, it is technically more center here, but like seeing that gap there in the middle of the two words and seeing just it come out of the lines is so unsatisfying to me. It feels so off. It really does. Like I just I just want to like flip it or like I think it's yeah flip it back over and just nudge it back into place. <laughs> it feels I don't know it feels so unbalanced and I guess that's a good thing because it sets up this entire episode. <laughs> and we ended last episode with um, Kim barreling into Lauren outside of the SNE bar, and they're about to have the the crew of the precinct is about to have their New Year's Eve party. So. We begin, we open up with a scene of him lugging down some beer or something. And there's like liquid pouring down her throat. She's not being neat. She is gulping it. She's probably already had a lot. Mm-hmm. She doesn't she really care. Oh, yeah. sorry. She just wants to get that alcohol. Exactly. She thumps it down and she just lifts her hand up and she says, another round. (laughs) And there's already like several empty glasses next to her, all just like tumbling around. And Lucas, with this dark, sinister grin, says yes. And Will says no. Like, bad idea. Last time we had an APD party, you and Kim, you know, with this like spiral for her eyes, she's like, you're not my boss tonight. I can do whatever I want. Besides, nothing bad happened last time. And, you know, Lauren's staring out of her glass. She's like, she only says that because she doesn't remember. <laughs> well, Lucas is very excited because he wants to collect blackmail material. So he, you know, he has like, only, he has only one eye, which makes him look very sinister. And he says, do it, Kim, do it. <laughs> offers her another beer keg. It's hilarious. Will says like, stop encouraging her, Randall. Um, you know, Lucas says, don't listen to Hawks. He's not good for you. Rand, you know, Will says, Randall, this is just like back and forth. And Kim is just like catapults herself onto the table, just falls down. She's like, oh, Lauren, why is this miscreant raining on my parade? <laughs> She's just completely um, out of control. Her normal exuberance is amplified by like 100%. Kim is for sure my favorite character, especially after this episode. Yeah. I, I love how Lauren just ducks under the table. She's out of this. She does not want to deal with this. Um, She's just going to hide under the table till it's all over. And I love their outfits. Like, 
Lucas is in all black, which is typical. Kim brings back the suspenders. And I think, oh, I just realized something. There's a bit of an error with the suspenders. I think they changed style later on from two things in the back to like conjoining in the back and then having one thing go down to the pants, if that makes sense. We'll see it later on, but um, a small continuity error. But I love Will's outfit too. Like he's so much more refined than the rest of them. And then Lauren just looks fashionable as always. Will's like, fine, I'll get you something. And she's like, yay, I'm coming with you. And he pushes her down. He's like, stay put, unless you want to make a very intimate encounter with the floor. He's like, I'm going. But clearly she's not really in a walking condition. And then Lauren from underneath the table hears a conversation a little bit away where people are asking, so Kieran, what were you doing before the APD? Uh-huh, she's indefinitely intrigued by this. And she hears him say, lying. Oh, I've had a few other student jobs here and there. I was studying criminology and, um, and that, that part is a lie. And now he says the truth. I was abroad for a while, actually. I only came back recently. Mm-hmm. And this would fit in with what we know that he hasn't been active recently, which is what we heard way back in the beginning. So now we hear it confirmed with himself. So what was he doing, guys? <laughs> well, I suspect- you can go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, sorry, you go. I suspect that it could have either he's been taking a break, either like the leader let him take a break, which I don't think is very likely because I know that he is very loved at the fandom side and it was for sure a tool for them. And I don't think they'd want to lose him like that. Or he was doing other side work for them. It would, it definitely does confirm him, his like being away for a while. And yeah, it does make me think was he up to something nefarious behind the scenes with the leader? Because it does seem like the PS is ramping up for something bigger in Apostle 7. Like they're doing some, they're doing their thing on the side, but overall, something huge is coming. And I wonder if Kieran was if Kieran's trip was a part of that. I also do hope that we get to find out because I would love to know um, what the, you know, countries and cities outside of Artelis look like. And if Kieran was abroad, then maybe we can get some flashbacks and see the world outside of Artelis and what it's like there. That's a great point. Yeah, that is interesting because we have a limited perspective. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure like we're going to find out what he did because it's it's a significant point in the story. And he's surrounded by other police officers and another one asks him, so why apply to be an archivist? And he says, lying. He says, honestly, it does more to pay the rent than finishing my degree would. So not the truth. But then he says something truthful. And he has this very, he has a little smile on his face when he says this and a bit of a contemplative look. He's looking down and he says, but it's calm and simple. And that's something I want in my life right now. Oh, my heart melted when I saw that. I was so pleased. <laughs> Rip Karen never went to college. <laughs> no degree. <laughs> no, I didn't care about that. But the fact that he actually did want something calm and simple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was the, a genuine statement. You know, his life is so chaotic that he was excited to do something calm and simple where he wouldn't be killing people, you know, all day long. <laughs> 
I'm um, glad that he got to be the archivist, even if he is mm-hmm. working for the Phantom side. I'm sure that it was a nice break for him. Mm-hmm. And it does give him a lot of great opportunities to actually interact with people <laughs> instead of like, you know, one person who he has a very tedious and borderline toxic relationship with. So him being able to, you know, interact with others is always a great thing. <laughs> Hopefully there's no interaction where they end up at the end of his sword though. Well, we'll hear more about that very soon. Um, I think actually the next episode, but um, yeah, he's he's very like wistful look on his face as though he's fondly remembering, you know, and thinking about his times as an archivist. So I'm pleased that he has this time. And Lauren is hearing this under the table and she kind of has this look where she's very attentive. So you can tell she's taking it in. And this police officer, Grace, asks him, ever considered swapping dusty bookshelves for the Cop Academy? You seem pretty strong and you can stand the program. It's a little bit flirtatious, I think. <laughs> you know, like you're strong, you can be a cop. And, you know, Kieran jokes in a line that, oh, I'm way too scared of getting shot. Besides, I don't even know how to use a gun. Never touched one. So clearly he does know how to use a gun and he has touched one and he's not scared of getting shot either. And Lauren, while still under the table and hearing screams above the table, thinks to herself, I've never seen him use one before, never figured out why he uses a sword either. So Lauren has been paying attention and noticing that he does only use a sword. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a topic of focus lately, especially with the whole um, Bella and Kieran exchange where Kieran was like, I use swords for very different reasons than you do. And so I suspect mm-hmm. it might be a personal thing. Yeah, that too. And not like and not just a weapon choice. I think I suspect it's a personal thing. Uh, what do you I've suspect seen... it's from? Oh. Possibly something either happened to him or his family when he was younger. Or mm-hmm. he or he had to yeah, I think that's my main suspicion is that something happened to his family when he was younger. Possibly, yeah. To bring back memories of whatever happened to them. Um, I've I've seen this theory that uh, Karen likes the reason Karen doesn't like to use guns is because he likes to get up and personal with his victims because, like, uh, guns are long distance, right? whereas swords are you got to really get close to them and it would be as a reminder to him that as he because he would watch the life fade out of every one of his victims it's a reminder to him that he is doing this this is his fault and he is the murderer here yeah that's what that's what i think as well but he wants to see what he's doing see the effects and not like numb himself to the reality Well, we'll find out, I guess. And more cups are falling down. She, Lauren catches it. And there's more cups falling down. She's like, well, fuck. And then Grace asks, are you single? Again, with that like flirtatious smile. I'm sure the lovely women over there would be eager to be introduced. And she's pointing to this gaggle of women a little bit away. And (laughs) 
I find it interesting because Lauren at this point just sticks herself out in this very com- comedic form. Sticks herself out under from the table with this pile of cups and Uh-oh. Did something happen? Uh, I think someone walked in. Oh dear. Okay. Um let's pick it up. Well, we can pick it up then. Okay. So where were we? Uh, okay. Lauren is sticking out under the table holding her stack of cups. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, sorry. So I find it so fascinating because um, I wonder, like, ostensibly you could say she sticks herself out because she's like, okay, we're supposed to be fake dating. How's he going to answer this? But there's a part of me that also wonders if Lauren was a little bit personally interested in his response and how he would respond, you know, if he was interested in a woman or if he had some kind of allegiance to Lauren. What do you think? I wonder about this. There's for sure multiple reasons. I think that the conversation beforehand um, kind of sparked curiosity and she was probably wanting to know more. Mm -hmm. Because I think that the news that they're supposed to be fake dating is not out to anyone but Kim and Will. So I don't think that anyone else would know. But she might be curious as to what he would answer. Um, I guess like, okay, so hmm. I mean, there's definitely like a Kieran fan club, right? <laughs> I feel like a bunch, of, I saw a bunch of pics that had those and Kieran, I will admit, he does look good and I, the ladies do want him, but you know, having, Kieran having a romantic interest right now would kind of slow him down and he doesn't really want to have to worry about someone else getting in the way so that would explain why he's not really looking for anyone right now because his life is already hectic enough he doesn't need to worry about the well-being of someone else getting in the way yeah if anyone else else came in it would be he they could for sure be used as almost like blackmail against him and used as a threat against him especially sensitive to that but they have this after Lauren sticks herself out. Like Kieran has this hilarious expression. Lauren has this hilarious expression. They were like these TV figures. And, and he says, ha, 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 ha. And well, I'm not really looking for anything right now, which is true. So that also gives us a little bit of you know, in, <laughs> insight into his mind because a lot of us are like, do they like each other? So clearly, um, even if he does, it's not very conscious. And he's definitely not looking to like anybody. And then he lies and says, but I have a lot of friends I can introduce him to. So he doesn't have a lot of friends. Well, theoretically, he could have a lot of friends that he won't introduce them to. But we, we assume he just doesn't have a lot of friends, period. It's just sad. And honestly, it's also part as part of this whole episode where he is sitting in this bar and, you know, chatting and having a good social time. It's supposed to highlight the loneliness of his life and how it is contrasted with that of a normal person who has friends to hang out with and socialize with. I think here Lauren might feel a bit bad for him because now that she knows that he does not have many friends and I do really hope that she will let him make friends with people in the precinct eventually because he needs friends. 
Yeah, I don't think it's really under her control. Like what he, you know, I don't think she's stopping him from making friends. She's obviously nervous about him betraying them, <laughs> killing everybody. But I don't, th- I don't see her as like actively stopping him from making friends. Well, there was the one agreement that he said he wouldn't get, you know, he wouldn't do anything with them. He wouldn't hurt them at all. But I think that, yeah, he did agree to not get in their way. Hurt them, but that doesn't preclude being friends, you know, not being friends with them. Yeah, that's very true. But Karen might be trying to detach himself from the larger workspace because, like, if he does get attached to to them then they can be used as leverage against him and it's uh, yeah, just that as well better to keep no emotional attachments when he's doing his line of work also the webtoon app broke on me which is lovely <laughs> oh there we go okay hopefully it comes back up so anyway um will meanwhile has uh, Kim's drink in his hand. Kim has, you know, stamped her foot on the table. She's proclaiming, I have to make everyone's life miserable. Lucas is leaning in intently and he's like, yes, exactly, Kim. Now, again, but louder. He's <laughs> just chaotic evil enjoying this. Lauren is still tucked under the table with an ever-increasing pile of glasses. And, you know, she Kim repeats, I have to make everyone's life miserable. Will is coming in all shocked. And he gives her a glass and he's like, you're poison, miss, all politely. Kim has this dazzled eye. She's really excited. Then she sniffs it. And then she realizes this is water. And Lauren from underneath the table smiles to herself and says, your sacrifice will not be forgotten, Lieutenant. Farewell. <laughs> Kim, you know, <laughs> accuses him. You tried to trick me. Uh, <laughs> the dazzle eyes, um, Kim panel. One of my favorites in the entire series I just, she looks adorable and it's just amazing. It's so good. It's just Lucas there too, just staring intently. His eyes are darkened. Everything about it is perfect. I agree. It is for sure a very good panel. I do really like it a lot. I can't really hear you. Oh, this whole episode is just hilarious. So she knocks the water down, says, you tried to trick me, um, knocks a couple more glasses down the table. She, <laughs> Lauren catches it, says, oh yes, another one to my collection, stabilizes her tower. She is, she's building a tower. Lucas is smiling mirthfully and says, here it is, the beginning of the end, just leaning back to enjoy the show. And she's, you know, Kim screams, I see right through you. But then... She spots something out of the corner of her eye and it says danger alert. And she sees Kim surrounded by a flock of adoring women. <laughs> Not Kim, sorry, Kieran, surrounded by all these adoring women, these innocent ladies. It's really interesting because they all look like pretty innocent and like cutesy. Um, and I just want to talk to him. What? I just want to talk to him. Yeah. And he has this like, you know, shy, retiring, modest archivist front but it's just so far from the reality of who he is. And if these women knew a fraction of his, like, not forget his occupation, even his personality, I don't think they would be gathering around him like this. And mm, 
I mean, <laughs> if they, we have seen, unfortunately, it ha- there have been people in the past, like real life people who have had the hots for real life serial killers. And I mean, knowing the PH fandom, there would be a ton of people yeah love to be in their place right now make a very solid point (laughs) and with the part about um his like real personality i feel like he kind of has two in a way that isn't the archivist one he's got the one that we see in season one a lot which is a lot more cocky and just bold and then one in episodes like 54 where it's much softer and I think that he sort of has both, depending on whether he's more comfortable and by himself or needs to put on a show to seem, you know, bigger and like he should be feared in a way. Sorry again. But yeah, I, I mean, I definitely do agree with you that there is a softer side to Kieran. And that's something that, a side that he could not develop and had to push under through his years of being trained to be a sin assassin or forced to be an assassin but i do agree that there is a soft heart hiding there somewhere mm-hmm. so kim decides she has to save the situation for whatever reason <laughs> but i don't know why but you know what whatever she maybe isn't thinking too clearly and we have this wonderful um horizontal shot of kieran dashing across the table there's this cup that is spilling water lauren's reaching out to grab it will is going backwards Lucas is just enjoying himself. Kim is clambering over the benches. Um, Blonde-haired guy, Andrew, possibly? Uh, Liam, I think. Liam. What? That's Andrew? Liam. Liam. Liam, sorry. Liam is um, fearfully watching that shoe come closer to his face. March is behind her. Waitresses, women looking. Kieran is just shocked and horrified. <laughs> <laughs> we never see Kieran flustered, but He's flustered right now. This whole panel is just amazing. Yes. You can I, see everyone in it and it's chaos. Nothing's I, going well. The cups are falling everywhere. It's amazing. I need a print of it. You know what? Okay. You know how they're like those corsets where they like print Renaissance paintings on them, like on the sort of like right under the bust part? I need this panel like on a corset. <laughs> and I would genuinely wear it. Because this this is glorious. This is, is like an actual masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And she is like falling onto March. She's basically lit, like hugging him from behind. <laughs> Highly uncomfortable for March, probably. And she screams, no. And meanwhile, Lucas is in the background with this mischievous, devilish grin, snapping pictures. <laughs> Will shocked. Liam is shocked. And she says, you can't touch him. And again, a close-up of Lucas. Gotcha. He's so excited for his blackmail material he's collecting. Oh, I love that little bit of Lucas. <laughs> so cute. Just perfect. I want yeah. to frame it on a wall. <laughs> no context, just that. Mm-hmm. And poor March is just blushing. I mean, she's like thrown herself on him, and he's like, Ahem. Sergeant Liddell, I don't think we can. <laughs> poor March. And she's like, No, not you, March. Poor I think, March. I think, poor March just thought that 
that she was talking about the girls going around him or something. Poor March is just caught in the crossfire between this whole thing. She's running. Her eyes are like streaming tears, I guess. And he's just smiling, confused in the background. (laughs) And then she just plunks her foot like on one side of Kieran's face. Kabadon. And she says, no, you can't. It's just like taken aback, completely shocked, trying not to get hit in the face by her foot. And he, she says, this man's taken. Grayson in the background is like, whew. And um, Lorian is at this point getting up with her collection of glasses um, from under the table. And the women are like, what? Is that true, Kieran? And then suddenly Kim gets an arrow in her head of intelligence where she suddenly starts remembering and she turns to look at Lauren who is now pouring water or milk into glasses peacefully with, with Will. I love that and panel so much. What? I love that panel so much. They're just accepting the end of it all. They yeah, embrace it's water death. or like, it looks like milk. I think it's water because um Will had brought water to the table earlier. Yeah, they're just like, I don't know what they're doing. They're just playing. Just forget it. Like whatever, whatever whatever will be, will be. And um, poor Kieran. Kieran is like, oh, ha ha, indeed. He starts lying and, um, you know, just try to get out of the situation. And, um, then she slams, Kim slams her foot again, and she's like, he's mine. <laughs> okay. Kim almost leaks the secret. Lauren and Leak. Will. Oh my god. They're just they're done. That panel of Lauren and Will. I can't. It makes me crack up every single time. I'm surprised they're not used to it by now. Like I I would I would think that hanging on Kim all the time, they'd be used to things like that. Mm-hmm. Poor Will. (laughs) Oh, Kim. That's just not making the best decisions with your mind impaired. Kimberly, 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 why does she do this? (laughs) And the women are, you know, there's a dramatic gasp. I think they're slightly disappointed. And then (laughs) um, I think it's, I don't know, who's that that brownish haired guy? That might be Andrew, I think. Okay, so I think he's there. So I think I don't remember. I don't remember what Andrew looks like. (laughs) So person who maybe Andrew says, "Huh, really, Kieran? Is that true?" Kieran just doesn't even say anything anymore. He's just like, (laughs) 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 "I don't even know what to say." And just turns around and this like angry shock like get me out of this what are you doing Kim expression <laughs> like what the hell what the hell is this they should have warned him like before they invited him Will should have just pulled him off and warned him about this because I'm this seems like it would happen every year <laughs> something yeah. really bad happening that Kim did it's always Kim Cheers. The world has already ended. Cue as the world caves in. Yeah, and he turns to, to Lauren. I like this, by the way. To me, it's a sign of their connection that, you know, he turns to Lauren to like save him or like tell me what is going on and what should I do? 
yeah and she just has no answers like you said she's like the world has already ended cheers there's nothing to do give up <laughs> and he does say haha no which is true has to dodge kim's other foot and kim says yeah he's right we're not and then that part is true but then she lies yes but i called dibs okay i won't say it's an elegant save but it's um better than nothing <laughs> better than the whole precinct having to find out about the fake fake dating kim took one for the team <laughs> Kim is best friend of the world. At the expense of Kieran's dignity. <laughs> this whole thing was rather unnecessary, but <laughs> doesn't matter. And she's like, so none of y'all touch him, got it? And then she's like, hey, get in line. And she's like, I was here first, which that part is not true. But Will is just, his head is just on the table. He's defeated. He actually has a white flag in his hand. So he's surrendered. <laughs> Defeat. <laughs> you know? I love this face is flat against the table. Kieran, like you can, you can see him running away. <laughs> the women, just the women, all chasing him, and Kieran just running away. I just, just, just thought, oh my god, that's brilliant. I this and whole Lucas. episode is just Lucas is just taking a picture. Yeah, he's still taking pics. And Lauren's so done. She's crying. She's done. I do Lauren's shirt. I do too. I want it. Mm-hmm. reach kim and her hand is like shaking she is like making a half-hearted attempt to try to stop her and she pulls her and she's like get down and she's just like slumped over backwards over a bench she's like laura on your back hi 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 hi. i think i might have accidentally stolen your man sorry (laughs) i'm just gonna like hurt her neck that kind of be a good position at least kim still believes that the two are dating (laughs) that's probably both good and bad yeah. <laughs> face in this next panel is so adorable. Yes. Talking about stealing hearts. She's Gets so a... adorable. Oh my God. <laughs> the yeah. way she just pushes against Will. I think this is the second him. time. This is like the second time that she has done something to Will painfully. The <laughs> first time opening the door on him. She literally kicks him while he's drinking, so he's choking and he's coughing, <laughs> and he, he like turns to Lauren for like help to like not suffocate and die. <laughs> Lauren's just holding him up. He's just and then Kim is like Randall, like oh, oh, ignoring her like dying colleague. Colleague, very serious now. Mm-hmm. He says, "Look at your nine o'clock," and. <laughs> Poor Kim. Will's like, we need to enter or we'll all die. And she's like, no, there are better ways, William. (laughs) Not those two hopeless souls. (laughs) And Kim is actually doing some serious matchmaking, you know, some some something that probably should be talked about even when sober that is finally coming out. She says, it's time we it's time we talked about our sweet Miss DeRoses, DeRoses. I'm sure you stole her heart quite a while ago. Lila, oh, can we just talk about how adorable Lila is oh, Lila. in the I whole thing? Lila she is uh, so amazing. She doesn't change outfit though. Girl, she really come on. <laughs> yeah, I, think I didn't know this. That's like her normal outfit, I think. Just the white blouse and sky blue shirt. Or sorry, skirt. Um, in the next oh, panel, I'll we can see attention. Lucas reacting <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, he actually, um, he kind of stops 
And Kim says, she's so nervous around you, but it's only because she wants to kiss you. <laughs> Look at the way she looks at you. Oh God, so blunt. Will knows what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah, and Will is like trying to say that's because he, that's fear because he keeps threatening her all the time. And Lauren like shushes him and shoves her out her hand over his mouth. And she's like, shh, wait, this might be good. <laughs> Kim is like, yeah, shut up, Will. Shut up, Will. <laughs> What a great relationship between Kim and Will. Mm-hmm. I love Lauren. I love how Lauren's so like into it. Like she's like, okay, here's the tea. Like even she's like, she wants to know what's up. Lucas doesn't acknowledge what she says, and he just says, "Never mind, I'm leaving." And Kim's like, "Oh, don't be shy." She's Lauren's still saying, "Shh," you know. Will Kim's trying to grab Lucas. Um. And then she tries to convince Lucas and says, look, it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And she grabs Will by his cravat or by the front of his shirt oh, and brings him in close to her face. This panel makes me Ooh. so happy. <laughs> I actually screamed when I first saw it. I feel so bad for Will. I feel so bad for him too. He has to be pulled into whatever kim's doing right now i know but he wasn't pulled in like he didn't give consent he didn't either so i'm, gl- I'm glad she didn't actually i am too. Him, i am i'm like... very glad that she didn't <laughs> now we've got both of them have both main ships have gotten very close and Lauren in between them is just like completely agape. Her mouth is agape and just <laughs> total shock. Lucas is taking advantage of this and taking pictures. And Kim has still got him close to her. Um, and Luke, Will is still looking just completely shocked. His eyes are wide open. But then the romantic spell is broken because Kim just pushes him away, smacks his head against the wooden bench. <laughs> This is giant boom. Poor Will. I mean, he probably has a concussion. And she's like, see, it's easy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Will. Poor Will has to be pulled Never. into everyone's shenanigans, everything <laughs> going on. He has to deal with Kim the whole night. Never in my life did I think that Kim Liddell, the raccoon queen, would be giving Mr. Hot Topic Lucas Randall lessons on how to kiss someone <laughs> i neither did i but i'm glad that we got it yes we did we did it was the thing that we didn't know we it was the thing that we didn't want but the thing that we needed all along <laughs> we didn't know that we wanted but the thing we needed all along <laughs> well he goes from like thinking he's about to be kissed and like the extreme of affections to like literally being knocked in the head I mean, he is getting mixed signals from this lady. <laughs> poor Will. Poor, poor Will. And, you know, Lauren is a little bit um, cold-hearted about this because she's like, did you catch it on camera? Because <laughs> you want to buy my blackmail? For research purposes. <laughs> oh, dear. I kind of think it would be funny if Lauren bought this and just every year or just all the time she would like hang it up in the like print it out and hang it up in the precinct or something yes like she's never gonna let them let this down i'm sure it's gonna be brought up up all the time 
like let's say when they're you know getting married and he's like the priest like you may now kiss the bride and Lord flashes that you know picture <laughs> I have a feeling this will be brought back in the future mm-hmm. hope so oh yeah maybe. definitely <laughs> may it be and at this point will um the sober decides I need another drink and he just gets up and there's just like ah in the background <laughs> Oh, and then Will and sorry, Lucas and Lauren are negotiating for this um, picture. They're like two pens, ten, five, seven, sold. <laughs> One of my favorite interactions in the entire series. It's brilliant. It I is. love it. Both their faces, like all of a sudden, very serious. Mm-hmm. They're just they want. They each have their own motive. Lucas wants money. She wants the photo. They're gonna do anything to get it. Basically. <laughs> And like, I don't know, but like even seven pence just doesn't really seem like a lot of money, mm-hmm. but it's probably just back funny. in their day though. What? Probably for them it's a lot. I can check conversion rates. Um <laughs> I never actually, I mean I did look up several times like the British currency, but I never remember. So plus obviously I wouldn't know how much it's worth in that non-existent time period anyway lauren tells her um you have no idea what happened you'll be to forget this she tells kim and kim's like in the meantime it's dance o'clock kim looks and she pulls lauren adorable what? once again kim looks yeah. adorable once again in this panel yeah, she pulls lauren into dance and they're both whirling around and dancing lucas is being um lucas is actually approaching lila in the back Ooh. This made me also very happy because maybe we got an off-screen dance, hopefully. Or even just talking would be good too, but <laughs> and then we see Kieran all the way in the background leaning against the wall with a cup of something. And he's watching um Kim and Lauren dance and he has this very pensive <laughs> look on his face um seeing them happy there's a close-up of both of their faces and they're just laughing and having a good time and and Kieran smiles he has this sweet small tender smile on his face and it's just a very bittersweet moment for me because you know this is somebody who doesn't have close friends and he's happy for Lauren that she has the her friends and she can be happy with them and have carefree joyous moments you know he understands how much pressure she's under and to see her happy like this and relaxing is something that is sweet for him and I think it shows how much he he cares about her genuinely I think he I think he's a bit sort of like in like a tiny bit of awe sort of I'm not sure how to how else to describe it but it's kind of nice for Karen seeing Lauren in a in an environment where she's like actually happy and not constantly evading death or worrying about taking down the leader or feeling guilty about anything having any higher responsibility because here Lauren can just like relax and have fun with her friends and it's something that Karen doesn't really often get to see from her like genuine happiness so yeah it is I think that it's it is also, yeah, him seeing her and actually, she's actually happy. And this isn't like a fake smile that was needed to put on. 
in the precinct with him. Like this isn't actually she's actually happy. Something that I think is a, is pretty remarkable and, and commendable about Kieran is that you know this he has something right now that he doesn't have that carefree and friendly friendly relationships. And instead of looking at that and being bitter and feeling sorry for himself, he is looking at that and feeling happy for her. And I think that's very benevolent of him mm-hmm. and selfless of him. And he's thinking back to what he told her in the supply closet, where he says, I wanted to tell you, I will not get involved with them outside of the office, nor put them in danger. Oh, so I see what you're saying before. He did say he won't get involved with them, not even if I'm ordered to. And at this point, he has this grim set to his mouth, and then he sips his drink and is starting to walk away. So what do you guys think of that? Does that make you suspicious? Or does that just make you, when I first read it, I was like, oh, okay, he's just being a little, you know, upset and sad and he wants to leave because he doesn't feel like he belongs here. But do you think there's something suspicious about that? Yes. And Emma, this reminds me of a very little theory I've had about Kieran that you and I were talking about. I love this theory. It's very good. I mean, it's the one I've been telling you about, the one I wrote in a whole article on. Um, it's very long, so I won't summarize it here, but you can find it on the Purple Hyacinth Discord in the fan theories room. Um, the first part is in the pinned messages. This moment this does sure. make this me think. Fit. Yes. It does fit within the theory. Especially think- that callback to that moment. It's very, oh, Karen, what is going through your mind that we do not see? <laughs> It could either, I think that it is most likely him not wanting to get more involved with them and, you know, have a promise. But there is part of me that is wondering if he was ordered to do something and he feels bad. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is like, how does that reflect on the fact that he wasn't lying when he was in the supply closet? Do you think that he learned how to lie to her so she doesn't detect it or that he meant it then and he changed his mind i Um, think that either i you can go first oh sorry no you go i think that either he has learned how to half truth to her so that it doesn't show up as a lie because as long as it's partially true i think it shouldn't show up as a lie as long as it's a half truth Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's or, what I was thinking. That, or that he, yeah, I think I think that he could learn a half truth, or that he, if that is the case, got the orders after he said that. It's. I believe that if there is something else that Kieran is hiding from us, he's been able to hide it through a mix of half truths and gaining her trust and just being able to avoid those sort of questions, which would lead to more suspicion. Because, like, Lauren has been telling him more stuff, it seems, lately. But Kieran, a lot of what we find out about Kieran is when he's in private or when he's, like, with Bella. Not when he's around Lauren, which is odd and suspicious. (laughs) But I do think that he will have to break his promise at some point. And he will have to get involved with Kim and Will outside of the office because that's just, like, you know, you would sort of predict that they might find themselves in a predicament where they need to work together. Too. Yeah, I have a dream of yeah. um, 
moon and soleil working together yes eclipse i would love that it'd be so that'd be amazing i am i am begging the purple hyacinth gods to and basically sofanef to give us eclipse i would even if it's just for a little bit away i would love it i would die if we had that but we need more soleil build up i think we do to really feel special like i hope that we get soleil like sort of like as or you know as much focus as you can give um without like being detrimental to the plot like as much focus as loon because i feel like that for right now that plot thread of kim and will trying to figure out who loon is has kind of been dropped in focus of bigger things but i do hope that we pick it up again yeah it kind of was sort of dropped right around the surface arc mm-hmm. around the beginning so it doesn't make sense because there wouldn't be much that they could do there but i do yeah. hope that it gets brought back up because i do really love them yeah, I do hope that we get to see another Soleil mission together. And, and we still have to have the resolution of, you know, Kim's order. Oh, Mindy, I can't quite hear you. Sorry. We, we also still have to have the resolution of um, Kieran's orders to kill Loon. So I have a feeling oh, yeah. that might kind of get picked up at the same time as Soleil. Oh. <laughs> so, well, the future shall tell us if this moment is just... <laughs> tenderness in his heart or if it's something nefarious <laughs> mm-hmm. and lauren does spot him leaving here um, kim's like oh let's get some water it's so hot in here she sees him putting on his coat and she says i'll be right back and kim meanwhile runs towards william and she says, like oh that's where you're hiding willem she doesn't call him william she's willing that he says yes hiding from you liddell and she's <laughs> like stop sulking in your corner and come dance with us no no stay away it's complete horror <laughs> and then she trips and he's like stop but then she crashes against his chest and he's like oh whoa 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 Liddell and <laughs> we have the cutest 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 scene I love ever. this part so much with her nose all Has, scrunched her up her nose is pressed up yeah and she's like oh you smell like pine trees <laughs> Oh, this part is so adorable because it tr- it shows the that she is pretty comfortable with him, mm-hmm. like enough to, you know, first of all, say things like that. She is drunk, but also enough to say things like that and just, you know, fall onto him and is comfortable enough to do that. And he's all right with her falling on him and basically just resting against him and we got we got a I guess fragrance confirmation (laughs) because people would have lengthy discussions over what they thought the characters would smell like (laughs) and most people thought Will would just smell like a bland old lemon bar soap but he smells like pine trees (laughs) you know what's funny um I've never, I, I guess I'm not a very um, olfactory, I think, person because like I never notice people's smells. Like I'll notice if someone has maybe strong perfume or if like, I don't know, maybe like I notice myself when I need a shower, like at the end of the day, but I don't really smell people. Like I don't associate smells with them. I don't like maybe if something's cooking, I smell it, but I don't think of like people just don't bring up smells to me. I just don't smell anything. I don't know. Do you, do you guys smell people? Like, is that a thing for you all? Uh, no, not really. Not really. But then me. again. I haven't really seen people outside of my house Fair, yeah. in months, so I can't really say. <laughs> yeah, 
No. Yeah. Just like, even, I mean, like my husband, right. Who I live with, I only smell him if he needs a shower or if he just took a shower and like I'm in his hair and I smell the shampoo. Otherwise I don't really smell people. Anywho. So, but apparently Will can, uh, Kim can, and it was like, Hey, don't fall asleep on me. And he looks down at her such a sweet expression on his face and she's still snuggling she's like mm-hmm, falling asleep and then she is gone like the next sentence the next panel she's not saying anything presumably she has fallen asleep and then William his first he's like sighing and he has a little sweat mark and he looks a little sad and then the next one he smiles and he says idiot and he laughs oh so cute. so adorable I love oh. them so much the smile I really Why are they so perfect? They're so. Per- I really. I'm. I'm really excited to see more of them because I love them so much. Yes, I can't wait to see them in action again. I just, oh, oh opposites attract. You know, so Kim is so. Will is so like uptight and rigid and high stress and pressured, and Kim is so open and effusive and not rigid. So. They can both do each other good. Yeah, I really hope that Kim can kind of help Will sort of loosen up a bit and mm-hmm. actually or is finally able to relax. Yeah. They're both... Uh, I don't know. They're both good for each other. Like, Kim helps Will be, like, less... I don't know how to describe it, like... Not strict, but sort of like tight, kind of like uptight. uptight. There we go, uptight. Yes, uptight. And then Will helps Kim be more like emotionally open and vulnerable because they have somewhat shared experiences, and they both help each other get over their past traumas. And um, just yeah. (laughs) They really do fit because they help each other out so much. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, we have we see a panel of this hallway exit, and Kieran's walking out. His hand is on the door. He's about to leave, but then Lauren stops him and she says, "Hey, Kieran." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> she probably didn't say it that way. Okay. Hey, Kieran. <laughs> no, no, really? not like that. <laughs> It sounds like, yes it is it's like she's about to beat him again. Again, but whatever <laughs> um thank you like, in a non-coming on way <laughs> i mean but like <laughs> that one panel out of context where he's not facing her she's coming up behind him it could be taken in any ways like she could be coming back to like <laughs> to come fight him again she's like you want to square up <laughs> it does actually yes out of con it does look like that <laughs> The way that she's standing, the way that she's standing, like she looks. I mean, honestly, she looks a bit tense, almost. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Also, is a little bit like thoughtful, and you know, he's looking down, serious, and she asks him, "Where are you going?" And oh, this expression, this expression where he looks at her. It's to me what it signifies is before he even says anything, and I we know what he says, so we have to know what he says next episode, but. Even without knowing that, like when I first saw this, it would look like a very knowing glance that he was giving her where like, you know, I can't stay here. You know, I don't belong here. And 
it seemed like a very honest expression of him. I know, I know you probably have a different interpretation, but for me, because I don't see the, like my, my first impression of this whole arc, you know, section here is not a suspicious one. It's, it's just a very like, like an emotional one. So like, when I see that expression, I see him as being vulnerable and, and human and showing her that side of himself where he's like, I'm a person and I don't belong here and this is not, and I can't be here. And I, I'm, I don't deserve this happiness, this human normalcy. Yeah. Oh. This panel is for sure a very sad one. And you can tell that he does not, he doesn't seem, he seems to be happy to be there. He seems that he was happy to be there. But I think that he knows that it might be best if he left and safest. And probably feels a bit bad about that because he seemed to be enjoying himself and making friends. So he's probably sad to go, but knows that it's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are literally watching them transition in emotion because we come straight from the bar and there's a lot of like orange and coral and sort of pink reddish tones and lighting. Whereas Kieran is now washed in blue. So we, we're going from a warm color palette to a now more colder and lonelier one. And when Lauren approaches Kieran, she is, there's this one panel where when she says, where are you going? She is making that crossover to him. She is, in that panel, we do get the feel of the mood shift as like some of her is under the blue light and then some of her is still under the orange light. And, but she is crossing over to the darker tone. And so, it does likely mean that in the next episode we will get some more heavier topics and it won't be as bright as this episode. There will be some more tragic moments. And you can already tell that from Kieran's last expression. Yeah, Bright things can't last long in this Mm -hmm. webtoon. Nope. (laughs) And to me, I also love the fact that Lauren goes after him. She doesn't let him just sneak away. And you know, there definitely, you could make a case for she's suspicious of him and she's wondering what he'll do. But to me, I saw it primarily as an act of concern and caring for him mm-hmm. as a person. Like, why are you leaving? Like, let's still have fun. <sighs> so like, that's also great that she's, she cares for him enough to care about his emotions. Yep. No, and if you want to go by the dark and light, she's willing to step outside of the, mm-hmm. you know, leave the, leave, honestly, like literally to, besides for like step out of the light and into the dark for him, she's willing to leave the party and, you know, go into this empty hallway for him. And I mean, these are choices she's making as someone who's working with him as an assassin. And also, even if you want to say, you know, to venture into like a relationship with him, she will have to step into some darkness and a lot of darkness like inside of him. Mm-hmm. as well as what's around him i can for sure their communication and just in general is getting a lot better i mean okay. i think that before anything actually happens they still have a lot of work but it is for sure getting better and hopefully more trusting yeah they are slowly rebuilding that gap 
but I do suspect it will not be that smooth. <laughs> they will have to face many trials to get even a resemblance of what they once had. I do think that maybe, probably not this season, maybe this season, it depends how long the season runs because like if it's closer to 50, 60 episodes, it probably won't be this season, but I've seen people say that it might be like 70 to like 90, 100 episodes. And I was like, whoa, that, that took me by surprise. I wasn't expecting that, but like somewhere I'd say within the next 100 episodes, I think before they go face like some big some big bad or this really big climax we'll get this moment where there's a spark of their friendship from season one and maybe that's when they finally put on the mask of loon again and it's it shows that their relationship has fully healed and not only has it repaired itself but it has improved and it has gone better and they've been able to move past stuff that was plaguing them even back in season one i actually see them already as having gotten closer than they were in season one with the added incident behind them but i do see them as having more conversations than they ever had in season one sharing things with each other there's definitely a difference between their relationship in season one and in season two season Mm -hmm. one seemed to be more of they still had fronts they were putting on but now that it was almost the incident was almost like a reminder and so now I feel like even though it is more tense between them it's more not entirely trusting but they it's almost like they know everything about them and they don't have to put up a front anymore and so it's getting to the point where it's where it is actually really them and not just Mm -hmm like a defense mechanism they have to put up oh yeah definitely it's becoming more raw I would say because again like you said they had to do the whole front thing and they had to pretend for a lot of it but now they don't really have to pretend and while both of them are trying to get over the events of season one they have been like what we could probably consider pretty successful so far and so if they keep if they keep going this way, then yeah, they'll end up I would say they would end up pretty well off, except, you know, unless Kieran has something hidden up his sleeve, like <laughs> one of my favorite theories suggests. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can oh, find on the Discord. <laughs> I don't trust him yet. <laughs> I want to, but I I can't fully trust him yet. He is for sure one of the people that I trust the most because he came forward with the deal first. But there is still part of me that suspects him just Mm -hmm. a little bit. There's some bigger plan going on, something that's been in the works this entire time. And none of us know what it is. We just, we still need to figure it out. But there's still something nefarious happening under our noses. I can feel it. I'm very trusting of Kieran, but I'm also a very trusting person in general. So I basically am never, I always think people are good at heart and almost always like I, I, I recognize that some people aren't, but like in general, I have a very optimistic glance on the world. So I'm like, oh, Kieran's a great guy. 
<laughs> you know, Kieran's he's ready to reform. But I, I recognize intellectually that there may be something. So <laughs> after we'll past betrayals that I've had in other stories, I am wary of characters who seem very trustworthy. Mm. But I do agree that he is one of the more trustworthy characters just because of how he's, you know, acted and behaves. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, do you guys have any final thoughts on the episode before we wrap up? Um, I think that was everything. It was a great episode. One of the one of my personal favorites, and I think one of the best ones so far. Yeah, this is for sure my new comfort episode. Mm-hmm. It's like therapy in a I don't know how many panels like 100 150 panel comic <laughs> panel on comic definitely a good comedic break um i would say it's by far the most comedic episode of the whole the whole strip where it's you know 99% of it is just funny <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know needed in the story you can't have just drama and intensity all the time mm-hmm. but it was good to have this I mean, who needs therapy when we have episode 83? <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. And Emma, it was great to have you on for the first time. Yeah, I, I love it. This is great. I had so much fun. Awesome. Well, hopefully I'll see you again. And thanks for, for coming on again. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me so many times. My pleasure. And so many more times in the future. Yep. <laughs> Oh, can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm very excited for <laughs> next recording. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks so much, guys. I yep. will see you all later. Have a good night. You Bye. too. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to my current patrons Susie, Lady Lipris, Alley Cat, Chelsea, Lily, Jenny, Haley. One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tuggles, and Meg. Your support means so, so much.